Hey, good afternoon. This is uh, behavior scientist Tanola Oliver. Thank you for, so much for joining me for this edition of the Making of the Mogul radio show where the dream is free, but the hustle, the hustle was sold separately. I am on here today because I just wanted to have a conversation. Um, particularly, I want to have a conversation with people who are having some difficulty in a season of, um, well, let's first, let me first say this, that if you are not careful and if you don't surround yourself with the right people, you will be in the midst of your winning season thinking that you are losing, right? It is so essential to have the right people around you and the right people in your ear because the wrong people will make your winning season a dark season, right? And most of the people that follow me and listen to this radio show um, have followed my journey right, from me um, cultivating this platform for business and for entertainment. And it's been really interesting because I've had to find the balance between who I am as a woman of faith and the ability to continue to provide, um, to be a conduit of information for people in the business sector, right? Um, because that's, that's really what it is. It's about the intersectionality between business and, and the entertainment world and how essential it is for people in the business world to tap into various components of the entertainment world because there is a plethora of revenue streams in entertainment in ways that um, really it brings sustainability to any business model, right? So that is like really the, the purpose of this particular platform. But in the midst of that, it's impossible because I am a woman of faith. It's impossible for me to have conversations and not unpack my faith in various components of the conversations that I have. And so it has been offensive to people because they don't think my faith belongs in the business sector and they don't think my faith, and they absolutely unequivocally don't think my faith belongs in an entertainment sector. And so it's been, even when I've been unpacking the story about Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, and really laying the foundation that his life really is surrounded around faith, right? Um, that he was cultivated in a faith environment with his grandmother. And, and I told about the fear of me having to tell that story and put a protective layer around my work 
because I knew that the work would become this focus of the church. Anytime you talk about faith, um, it attracts the church and naturally it should. But because of who Curtis 50 Cent is, and because of, even though it's been 30 years, right, since this man has um, been in the street, that it took, right, like three years to create this platform and to unpack his business professional life without people trying to associate it with the things that he did when he was like, he was like 15 years old, right? When he was selling drugs. And here we are 30 years later, more than 30 years later, 35 years later, and people still want to associate him with being a drug dealer, right? And like most of his his rap career started around the age of 19, right? So that means that when he was in the streets, he was actually a minor, right? And technically, um, your your record is supposed to be sealed, right? For anything that you've done when you were a minor. Um, and then we don't talk about that most people, most very wealthy people that have, um, that come from wealthy families, right? That that wealth started somewhere doing something that was either very unethical or illegal, right? We don't really talk about that, but it is it is absolutely a conversation when we talk about hip hop and rap and things of that nature. And I seen a post on the internet the other day from a pastor who made a comment about us glorifying rappers and rappers are destroying community. And I think what happens is when you become so disconnected from your culture, right? Uh, the people that uh, technically look like you. And I'm not saying this as a... Um, I, I think it is an honor and a privilege, actually, to be disconnected from the people that look like you, because that means that you haven't experienced the struggles that they've experienced. And and that's okay. And that's an honor and a privilege, right? To be in this skin and to not have experienced the struggles that they've experienced. Um, and I can relate. Right. I can relate on both sides, like to some extent. Right. It's resented um, as an African-American woman who has lived a privileged life. It, it is resented in a lot of different ways. Um, but because of where I come from, I've never lost my compassion for people who have experienced the things that I haven't experienced because I'm too connected to people who have went through that struggle. Like I've had my struggles, but they've been different um, from the people who, who I'm plugged into 
and I and I say it all the time, it really is only because of my brothers, right? Like people are like, why are you always repping your old neighborhood and da 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 da. But really, I I cannot express enough. The only reason my life turned out the way that it was, um, or the way that it did, is because my brothers stepped into my life and said she doesn't she doesn't belong here. She doesn't fit in. We got to find a way to get her out of here. Really, that's like that's my story, right? Um, and so. I was, I was listening to this preacher or I seen him post something on the internet and he was talking about, um, how we glorify rappers, right? Like, I, I think it was like, uh, something that was pointed towards me. It's like, we glorify rappers. Um, and then he compared it to something else. Um, but I don't, I don't even remember the relevancy of what, what his comparison and his comparative analysis was, I just know that he had a problem with um, with me telling this story, right, of Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and feeling like um, I was glorifying, um, you know, the street life. But again, this man has been out of that lifestyle for 35, 40 years, right? When he was selling drugs, he was a minor, Right. And it's so funny how, and that's why I always talking about protecting children because it's so funny how, it's so funny how we handle African-American children, how this society handles African-American children. Like we target African-American children for so much foolishness, right? And we don't realize that it's illegal and that you can go to jail, right? Um, And not to mention, like technically, this man's file is supposed to be sealed. Whatever he did before the age of 18, technically, we're not supposed to be holding it against him because according to the law, right? Um, anything that anybody does before the age of 18 is supposed to be sealed. They're supposed to be able to get any type of employment they want, thus and that, right, in the third. And so when I when I see things like that, it lets me know that the individual is disconnected because what you're doing is stepping on somebody's experience, right? So music is an art and it is an artistic expression of someone's reality, right? And how they choose to unpack that reality in an artistic expression. And so do I agree with all of the lyrics I ever hear, absolutely not. Um, But does it have its place? I think that it does. And whether you agree with the music or not, it allows people like behavioral scientists to be able to keep a, uh, a pulse on the internal struggles of people within society, 
right? Because it is an expression, an artistic expression of their experiences. Um, and imagine being surrounded by people during your winning season and people out of their just innate ability to not be able to celebrate somebody else for whatever reason, convincing you that you're losing when it is actually your winning season. It is so important perception of your own life, right? Is so essential and so important and so necessary for you to strategically line yourself up with the right people. There was a season in my life where, and, and I still vacillate back and forth between the purpose of certain people showing up in my life and whether or not they showed up to, well, it doesn't matter what their agenda was because all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Sometimes I ponder what their intentionality was in befriending me, right? During the season that, um, that I had this topsy turvy season that I can't even really um, articulate or describe or put into words not of any fault of my own, but just um, because of the spirit that fell upon the people um, where I was at at the time. And so it brought a lot of attention to my life. Like I, one moment I was minding my own business. And though I had a public life because, right, I was, um, a professional real estate agent. I had commercials on television and was doing well for myself. And so there was already a spotlight on my life. I still, for the most part, lived a very private life. Um, and the next thing you know, I was on this platform and in the spotlight. And while I was on the platform and in the spotlight, there were still um, specific personalities that wanted to suppress my influence. Um, and so their way of trying to, um, suppress my influence was to convince people that they could duplicate what I, what I do. Right. Um, and then my life encountered some people. And I remember one specific person telling me that I couldn't see. And I knew what he was saying wasn't about not being able to see in the natural, but he was saying that, that I was missing some things um, that were taking place in the realm of the spirit, right? And I'm not going to be really deep. Um, I don't do that anymore on public platforms, right? It's, this is not the space for it. Um, when I teach like that, I teach like that behind closed doors. And I didn't really understand 
because I felt like, uh, like I, I, I live a pretty consecrated life and I felt like that I was able to see things, right? And that um, I, I didn't really understand and comprehend when he said that I couldn't see. And then one day in prayer and meditation, the Lord told me, I'm about to provide to you an illustration of what you can't see. Because I was just in like in um, in deep prayer about um, like why some of the events had unfolded in my life in such a way and why all of the the um, like the things that were targeted like towards me and um, that like the lies it was the lies for me that um, I took personally. Um, because people have said some things about me that have been so contrary to the truth and things have, people have said things about my son that have been so opposite and contrary to who he is, period. Right? Like it's been difficult to, for me to have to deal with the lies and have to watch, um, help my son navigate absolute just lies, right? Um, and they've been so um, like evil. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I've seen people be lied on, but it was like, you know, we refer to it as a little white lie, right? And that even... Uh, any lie is a lie, but it's been the extremity and the the evilness behind the lies that has been hurtful for me as a mother and as a woman, right? Like people have said all kind of stuff about me. Um, like here, like I've, I've had a, a life of celibacy for eight years and I've been in places where people with my son and People have been referring to me as a hoe um, or um, will make uh, just just like it. And, you know, me, right, like where I come from, um, you meet ignorance with ignorance. Right. Um, and so it's been. It's been a struggle trying to balance that. And, um, and still trying to maintain my integrity and my professionalism, particularly when I encounter people that have this, this spirit of evilness on them. And one day the Lord said to me, he said, I'm about to show you what you can't see. The reason why the things that happen, that they pierce your heart the way that they do is because you can't, there's something that you can't see. Um, and I said, okay, Lord, well, whatever, you know, some, sometimes the Lord say these things to you and you're just like, okay, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing in prayer, but okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting, right? Um, and, and I'm, and I'm waiting, uh, for some type of revelation, right? Um, and it took a while. 
And so I don't really talk about my experiences in public a lot. Um, because I always like to be a conduit of deliverance and healing and increase and what it looks like when we remain faithful, right? So if people like me always come into this space and then tell the dark side of the things that occur in our life, it's like, well, what is the purpose of a faith walk, right? Um, and so I, I have been vacillating for months about telling this story. Um, and then even now, as I want to tell the story, I feel reluctant to tell it because, um, some things have been happening in the life of people that I care about and that I love. And... I don't want them to receive this as that it what I'm talking about is targeted towards them because it's not. And that's the thing that the enemy does, right? Um, is that he takes, tries to take what is good and wholesome and, and intended for the good and edification, right? Of, of people and he tries to um tries to make what's pure unpure right just like I, I just said I've been celibate for eight years and people for whatever reason or another I don't even know why they think it's offensive right um it is offensive to call a woman a hoe but it, it like it's not true it's like the furthest thing from the truth and if writing a book about Curtis 50 Cent Jackson makes me a hoe, then like in, in, in your little bitty brain, then that's like, that's your problem. That's like, that's not my problem. And I was married for 19 years, right? Um, whatever, right? Like, it's just the epitome of ignorance, whatever. Um, but, um, but that's what the enemy does. He tries to take what's pure and make it unpure so that the Lord doesn't get the glory out of it, right? And so a lot of times people who have been anointed in the earth for a very specific purpose, they find themselves under this microscopic mag um, magnetic pull because not only does is there a gravitational pull towards that which is good and healthy, right? But also um, because the enemy wants to taint what is good and wholesome and pure. And that's why I'm so serious about protecting your children because your children are pure and the enemy would desire nothing but to taint their perception of themselves and to taint their effectiveness in the earth, right? So unequivocally, right? Um, I do not play about my son. Um, and I can't even, like, I can't even articulate it, right? In the ways that I feel and the restraint that it has taken me at times. 
One time I almost got up and choked the hell out of a little boy. Um, just because the disrespect and the, the, the ignorance that, um, that sometimes can be demonstrated through jealousy be, um, because they've not been taught how to respect people that don't look like them, haven't been taught how to respect black women, right? The restraint that it takes me, right? Um, but then the Lord told me, and this was, and, and every time I struggle with remembering, <laughs> that the Lord has provided, and it's not funny. The story I'm about to share is absolutely not funny. But every time I think that, um, or every time that the Lord wants to remind me, he sends me an illustration. And it always is, the judgment of the Lord is a scary thing for me because the Lord is so real and tangible in my life, right? Like I have my life, my son's life has already, has always been enveloped in the supernatural, right? Um, that's the space that I operate in because of the, the mantle that the Lord has placed upon my life. And, and I'm, and I'm talking to you all, I'm, 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 I'm providing you with my experience, but I'm talking to people who have the journey becomes heavy to you, right? The mantle is heavy. Um, and, and it has an impact on the people that we love in ways that we didn't anticipate, right? Um, and, and it can be hurtful, but we, you have to remember we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities, wickedness, rulers in dark places, right? Wickedness in high places. And um, so the Lord says to me that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what you can't see. And I have so many events in my life that Sometimes things unfold and I'll be like, oh, I remember that dream. I remember when this happened or that happened. And um, people have this thing about wanting to follow people that they see as celebrities and like um, wherever. Like uh, you can be in a store, um, you can be driving down the street, like like people just have this strange gravitational pull to wanting to be around people that they see as celebrities um, or see as a person of influence for whatever reason. Like I could remember when I was in real estate, this one lady would show up to all of my open houses, right? All of them. Um, And it's just whatever, right? Which was why I feared so much about writing this story about Curtis 50 50 Cent Jackson, because I know how it feels on the other side of that. Not to the, like, um, so 50 Cent is like, uh, he's a uber celebrity, right? Like he's a celebrity on, at a different level, right? Um, and, And I had some fear of unpacking that story because 
I didn't want to look um, like a groupie, right? I didn't want to, I didn't want to look like a groupie. Um, but I found his story so intriguing and so interesting. And so, um, the Lord said that he was going to show me what I couldn't see. And this was after, um, someone, uh, who has a prophetic mantle on their life said to me, um, you don't see the footprint, right? On your life, you cannot see. And that's why you, you, you're so hurt and you take things um, to heart when things happen because you can't see. And so the Lord told me one day, he says, I'm going to show you what you can't see. And then there's a, there was a lot of different things that begin to unfold. Um, and so one day I was um, traveling and I remember um, this automobile that um, followed me and they were pursuing me um, at a pretty high speed. But I'm a, I'm the type of person like people, like you cannot make me drive faster than I'm already driving. Like you cannot put any pressure on me to speed up, right? Like if you want to drive faster, you're going to have to go around me, right? You're, you're, there's period, right? Um, I've been driving since I was 14 years old and um, there, there is no pressure on me on that road. Do you hear me? And so I remember seeing this automobile and you um, you you develop a sense of knowing, right? When people are following you or people are um, trying to be ignorant in some shape, form, or fashion. But this particular person, it was interesting because I've never had anybody follow me on the interstate. Like I've had people follow me on the street. Um, and then like, if I turn on certain roads or whatever, then they stop. But this particular person, um, like I said, they were like very aggressive. Um, and they ended up on the interstate with me. Um, and I remember I kept looking up in the rear view mirror at them and thinking like, wow, like, look at this fool is really what I was thinking. Um, and then I remember we were driving down the interstate and I just heard like change lanes. Right. Um, and I've learned to listen to that voice. Right. I didn't. And it's not like a, like an audible loud Lord voice. Right. But it's just something like instinctively like change lanes and instinctively, um, I changed lanes. What I did not know is that there was an animal that um, was in the street. And around the time that I had changed lanes, the animal had walked out in the, the street and sat down right in the middle of the lane. When I, by the time I went around the animal, because it just so happened that I changed lanes at the exact time that the animal sat in the, in the middle of the road, and it was just one of the strangest things that I had ever experienced because the traffic was so heavy. 
um, and the speed of the automobiles. And I was like, what makes like it? And, and I understand that we have like um, upset the uh, the eco right for habitation for animals. But I had like and, and, you know, I'm very connected to nature. Right. And so it was just one of the strangest things I had ever seen in my life. Right. Like why would this animal like in the middle of this intersection come out here and sit like that, right? Just literally sat down in the middle of the road around the exact same time that I had changed lanes. When I looked up in my mirror, the automobile that was following me had hit the animal. And all I seen was the automobile flip up into the air. It was like something I had seen on a movie. Um, like it was like a, a stunt scene in a movie. I had never seen an automobile fly up in the air like that ever in my life. And then this sound of the impact when it hit the road and started to roll, sent such a fear and a reverence. And I'm trying not to get emotional, right? But it sent such a fear and a reverence of the Lord on my life. And in that moment, I heard the Lord say, I'm showing you what you can't see. And as the days went on, and as I continued to consecrate and to pray, the Lord began to show me an illustration just time after time after time of what happens to people that dishonor the anointing that rest on my life and rest on my son's life. And the Lord began to illustrate to me and talk to me about the destruction that happens when people allow a spirit of dishonor to rest on them. And how that spirit is so combative, right? And he said, but you can't see. And and that's what this, this um, individual that I met in life, that's what they told me. They said, you can't see. And I realized in that moment was what they were telling me is I could not see the destruction that occurs in the life of people who have chosen, right, voluntarily to be dishonorable towards myself and towards my son. And it's Bible, right? It's Bible. It's Bible to be honorable to those who have the anointing resting upon his life, his Bible. I can provide scriptures to you. I'm not going to do that today. 
um, it's Bible that says that um, is this sin unto death? The only response to dishonor is death. And I've seen it illustrated time after time after time after time in various ways. I have such a fear and such a reverence for the Lord that even when I encounter my enemies, right? I, and, and I think you remember there's a, a scripture in the Bible where David wouldn't even pursue his enemies without the Lord's permission, right? And that's because you can, people who are anointed have seen some things. I keep trying to tell y'all, we have seen some things that words cannot even articulate. And I don't share the experiences because not everything is to be shared, but I want, I feel, because we are in a time in society where people are just doing whatever they want to do and social media and reality TV has moved such a, um, and, and unleashed such a spirit of dishonor in the earth. That people don't think that there is any recompense for dishonor. But I'm telling you, as my name is Tanola Oliver, that the Lord handles those who mishandle the prophets and the apostles that carry the mantle on their lives. And not only does the Lord protect the prophets and the apostles, but he takes it personal, those things that people do intentionally towards your children, right? Because we know the Bible says our children are our inheritance. And if it's two things that the Lord is serious about, and that is the church, right? The bride of Christ. And he is serious about your inheritance. I listened and I and I told you I have watched people. I've watched a lot of foolishness, right? I've watched and seen a lot of foolishness. Particularly this um this life scriptural preaching, right? Where People don't have enough theological knowledge. And so they take the little bit that they know about the scripture and um, they create a narrative around people's lives and um, to bring relevance to them. But it's so void of theological relevance and accuracy, right? I listened to somebody preach a message the other day. And again, um, this was one of these messages that I know that was intentionally targeted towards me. Um, and I think in this particular scenario, I was supposed to have been Lot's wife, right? Um, and everybody knows that Lot, Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt, right? 
prophetically, I could talk about what salt really represents, right? And what the, um, what really the um, metaphoric illustrative purpose is when the Lord says that we are the salt of the earth, right? Um, and what that really represents, but I'm not preaching today. And so um, I'm going to let that be. But because people have no theological um, knowledge, they take a little scripture, they read it at face value, and then they create this narrative around people's lives that really paint a lie, right? They lying in the pulpit. Um, And so she preached and she talked about Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt because she had more desire for her past life than she did for her future life. Um, but she, but she didn't mention that lot, right? Like it, it's funny when I see people take bits and pieces of that. So first of all, um, there's a lot to that story, right? We can talk about the land of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And the, and the spirit of perversion that was, um, uh, in the earth and how the Lord um, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of that, that spirit of perversion, right? That was rampant in the land. We, we, um, you cannot talk about the story without um, thinking about the fact that Lot offered, right? His daughters <laughs> um, in exchange for protecting uh, these, these visitors that was within uh, his household, right. That the Bible refers to as angels. Like there's so much that she didn't unpack in the story. Right. Um, and I, I just, I listened and I watched and I was like, Oh my goodness, this is why there is such a spirit of perversion in the earth. Right. Um, because we have people like this in the pulpit, that are um, taking bits and pieces, right, of scripture and making it about somebody's life and not really preaching, um, preaching the story of healing and deliverance, right, and what it looks like, right, when, when Jesus, right, sends the spirit of the Lord into a land, right, that has been dishonorable towards the things of God. So she totally missed the message. I do believe that the Lord probably um, had pricked her heart to preach the message. But because she had such a spirit of dishonor on her towards me, that she missed her purpose and what the Lord was trying to do in the moment with having her to preach that particular topic. Like she totally missed it, right? Um, And... What I want to do today in, in nothing more than encouragement is I want to shed a light. I want to turn the light on, right? For those of you who have a prophetic or apostolic mantle on your life or um, people who are anointed, people that know that they have a specific purpose on their lives, right? And don't allow people to taint your purpose, right? What the world is trying to say your purpose is don't have nothing to do with what you are really anointed to do in the earth. I told you everything that the Lord does, the enemy wants to taint it. 
you have to be so in tune with the Holy Spirit that you have the ability to turn off, right? Um, turn off the world and tune into what the Lord is saying. Don't worry about the dishonor because what you can't see is the destruction that comes. And I could really, really talk about why the windshield is much larger than a rearview mirror and how you have to be very strategic, strategic, excuse me, about how you handle people that are dishonorable, right? And you cannot dwell upon it. As soon as, soon as the offense takes place, you got to let it go so that the spirit of offense doesn't rest upon you. Because the Lord, I'm trying to tell you what I know, what I know. And I'm saying it with such a reverence and such a fear of the Lord that you do not have to worry about people that operate in the spirit of dishonor because the Lord is so serious about handling them. And he's saying what you can't see is the death and the destruction that comes when people have been dishonorable to you and your children. I am a living witness that the Lord does not play about his anointing. I'm trying to tell you what I know. I'm not telling you nobody else's testimony. I'm not telling you what I heard somebody else talk about. I am telling you that we serve a strategic God who is fully aligned and fully aware of every trap, every trick, and every device that the devil could ever try to use against you and that he is already out in front of it. Do you hear what I'm saying? And what you can't see is the death and the destruction that happens when people allow a spirit of dishonor to fall upon them and they are dishonorable to the things of God. And we can talk about Sodom and Gomorrah if you want to, but you gotta tell the whole story, right? You gotta tell the whole story. Um, and I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna be finished, right? Um, and, um, and, and, and why am I, why am I saying this? Right. Um, I would be remiss. Right. And I, I typically, I typically don't address any of the negative things that happen with Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, because for me, my platform is is about all of the positive things, right? That this man has done throughout his professional journey, right? I can't even, like there are some people, like if you're in the entertainment industry, there are certain names that people 
know that if you get in their presence and you about your business, that they will open up unlimited doors for you, right? People know who the people are in the entertainment industry that extend the olive branches, right? And we know the people who don't, right? Um, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson is one of those people that is known that has opened up unlimited amount of doors and opportunities for people, right? Um, and um, I don't know him personally, right? I don't have a personal relationship with him yet, right? Like I'm still waiting on the opportunity to meet him. I'm like, I got a lot of people number in my telephone. Like I'm looking forward to the day when I have a working number, right? That I can actually assign, right? To Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, right? Um, I'm looking for that opportunity. Like you would be surprised at the the amount of people that I can pick up my telephone and actually um, dial their telephone number, right? Um, Curtis is not one of those people, but I'm hoping that one day that, that um, I at least will have that bragging right right maybe if i and most of the people i don't even use their telephone numbers but they've given me their number at some point in time um maybe what and so prayerfully one day curtis will be one of those people um but everybody knows right that he's like one of those people that like if he know that you that you about your business, right? He is one of those people in the entertainment industry that people will point you towards his direction, right? I don't know him personally, but just in me following him, I I don't see him as a type of man that would throw a mic at a woman in an audience, right? Um, and I'm I you know, and I feel really bad that that incident took place and what I thought it was was really odd about it is it almost looked like she was sitting where I was sitting when I went to the concert right um I thought that was so strange like almost the same proximity of the stage and everything um that's why I don't uh, that's why I don't try to duplicate other people's lives right because um, whatever grace that was on somebody b- b- before you that did a certain thing, it don't necessarily mean that that grace is going to be upon the next person. Right. And, um, that's why I don't, that's why I don't try to duplicate nobody else's journey. But anyhow, he does not come across to me. Like, as I like, I don't, um, like he's done too much for women. Right. And in its entirety, but if you, from what I understand that is um that his throwing skills is a little bit off. Uh, we know that because of the pitch, right? At the ML MLB, whatever um baseball game he's supposed to throw the first pitch, they said it was terrible, right? I didn't I haven't Googled it, I haven't seen it, but they was they said it was terrible. From what I understand, where this woman was sitting at, um it was, she was where the sound man was, 
right? And so do we throw things at any, no, we don't throw things, right? Um, I totally understand that. But as a performer and entertainer, when your mic is not performing properly, it is not an accident. Sound people, um, that, so on a tour with Curtis 50 Cent Jackson, he does not have an amateur working sound for him, right? He is not in the type of arenas that would have an amateur working sound, right? You don't wait for the, the final lap tour to come to your city and have an amateur work in the sound booth, right? Like these are people with experience. Anybody, anytime anybody is on a stage and a microphone is acting up, that is not an accident. It is not an accident. And I, and so I've been on stage performing. That microphone is everything. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you, that's why Nas had that song, all I need is one mic. You need one hot mic, right? You need a hot mic, um, the a regular mic or... Um, Sound is so important on the microphones. And you and as a performer, you become accustomed of knowing the specific sound that you want to hear out of a microphone. Anytime that microphone is not working properly on a major production, and I'm <laughs> that is not an accident. I have been in shows. Um, performing and doing comedy or doing um, church events and people have intentionally um, done things to the mic on purpose, right? I know he wanted to launch that mic and probably tear a hole in the area where the sound man was because it's not an accident. But the problem is he can't throw, right? He can't throw. And he didn't mess around and hit that woman in the head at that comedy show. Um, I mean, not at the comedy show, but at that at that dang on concert. And so, like, and he, th- he threw down, and you're supposed to throw out, right? You're supposed to throw out. You don't throw down. Like, if you want to throw something, and, and you got to throw forward. You can't let the, like, he messed around and hit that woman at that con. And I said, ooh, that's where I was. If that wasn't grace, right? What, huh? That I, what if I'm so, listen, I'm so, I'm whoever the sound man was when, when I went to the concert, I, I want to send him a tip, is what I'm thinking. I want to send him some money and thank him because. 50 was pissed and he should have been because that is a major production. And for whatever reason, you know, we could, we could, I don't, you know, it ain't no, and and people like behind the scenes, people trying to say a lot of stuff like the, the East coast, West coast thing. No, that don't have nothing to do with it. Like Snoop and, and 50 and that stuff been over with, but whatever it, it, it was definitely intentional because you don't, um, everybody know, like, um, when somebody get on that stage, particularly the person that's, um, supposed to be the, 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 
the major focus of the event. You they they gotta have a, the mic supposed to be hot, right? Um, he tossed that mic with them, and and he don't know how to throw. He don't know how to throw. Ain't that something that that big fella is that big and don't know how to throw? And he didn't mess around and hit that woman. I felt terrible is what I did. I felt terrible, but he wanted to hit the person in the sound room, uh, in the sound booth, because they said the sound booth was behind the section where she was sitting at. And unfortunately, it didn't make it to the sound booth. And um, I I, I think he probably going to do a public apology for it. Did you see the look? on his face when he accidentally, like he was probably like, I be, can you imagine being on stage and do something like that on an accident? Like, what do you do next? Right? Like, what do you say? Or what do you do next? But, um, so I'm anticipating because of just his, his brand and, and his personality and his love for women, um, that he probably is working on making it right, right. For her. Um, but I, I've never, uh, I can imagine because I didn't want to throw some mics at some sound people and I ain't even on that level. But when that mic ain't hot, that ain't, that ain't a mistake. That ain't a mistake. When that mic ain't hot and, and it's that level of production, unless there's something going on with the electricity in the building, that's intentional. And, and he knew that. Right. And so just the level of anger that I can imagine it probably, um, probably like hit him when he realized that somebody was playing with him, with, with his mic and playing with his money and his performance, right? We take our performances personally. Yeah. He want he wanted the time. I have to, if we ever meet him, I have to show him how to throw. I, I cause I got an arm on me. Uh, I got an arm. I throw, I throw pretty good. My, um, my ex-husband can tell you that, but, um, that was, uh, I feel sorry. I feel really bad about that because that's not, that's not associated with his brand. That's, that's extremely out of character for him. Um, because he's, um, his life has progressed out of his anger season, right? Like we used to see 50 and he was always angry. Like, right. Like we remember that season, um, which was years and years ago um, because people was always bothering him in public. Right. I, I don't even think people understand the type of um, foolishness that you have to deal with when people see you as a person of influence. So I remember the, the, you have to become seasoned with um, dealing with public rhetoric. Right. Um, and so they took him back to that moment when they when they play with that mic. Um, yeah. And so there's that. And um, I just I just wanted to it was heavy. So I wanted to kind of leave on a on a note that would lighten it up. And, and I'm not making light of the situation with the young lady. Not at all, right? That was that was definitely a tragedy. Um, but what's strange about it, right, is that the big fella can't throw. That's that's what's strange about it is that as big as he is, 
right? And he can't throw. Like I, that's it. As an athlete, that's what um, that's what kind of tripped me up because um, I just thought every like he looked athletic. I just thought that he had the natural athletic ability to throw is what I was thinking. But he's a boxer. They say he's a boxer. Um, so obviously he can throw a punch, but he can't throw a baseball. And so there's that, but that's okay. Um, but I know he's probably going to make it right with the young lady. That's the, that's the type of man he is. He has too much reverence and respect, uh, for women not to do that. But I just want to, I really do want to encourage, um, I didn't want to leave on a heavy note because I I know sometimes some of the things that I say is heavy and um, I, I just want you to be encouraged, right? Because we're, we're living in some strange times right now. Um, but I think it's important for people to understand in its totality that God is still in control and um, God is still in control and he is Alpha and Omega. Uh, he is the beginning and the end. He is the great creator. He is the ruler of this universe. And um, there is always, um, there is always something. Uh, and, and we know what that something is, which is the spirit of the Lord is always at work. The spirit of the Lord is always at work. And, and the Lord doesn't, the Lord does not play about his anointing. And there are no, like, um, there are no moments that the Lord takes lightly or thinks there is a joke about dishonor. Um, it's real. And I just want to prick your consciousness today and say, you can't see. And, and so when, when some people say you can't, they, right, right. They mean like you, like you're limited in your can't, right. That's mm, when, when, again, cause I told you everything the Lord does, the enemy tries to taint it. Right. So. Uh, people saying you can't as if like you, there's some ability that you lack. No, 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 no. That's not what that is. Um, you can't see the footprint, right? Everybody knows the illustration with the footprint. The footprint is following your life. And people, if they know what I know, they will be honorable towards you and honorable towards the people within your household, particularly honorable towards your children because the, the children, your children are your inheritance and the Lord does not play about your children and he does not play um, about your spouse if you're married. And, um, I tell people all the time, if you, if you, um, if you want to open up a season of, of death and destruction in your life, you be the reason, right? Why, why somebody had to, why, why somebody, 
um, was moved into divorce, right? Um, I, I just don't, and I can say, I'm going to stop. I feel the unction to stop, but if people, if they could see what I could see, if they knew what I knew, if they could hear what I hear, um, they would proceed with caution. I have such a reverence and a fear of the Lord because of the things that I've seen. I don't know how people depend on anything else. I don't know how people live their life void of faith um, or void of the illustration, the purpose, and the direction of the Holy Spirit. Um, I don't know how people function without the Lord. And I don't know how people take it lightly that the Lord is all-powerful, right? And um, I just want you to be encouraged today. Um, This is deliverance. This is deliverance for you where you can release some of the heaviness of the responsibility that you feel for how people respond to you, right? It, it, it really is just a spirit of dishonor. And there is only one answer in the earth to dishonor and it's biblical and it's Bible. And we talk about a lot of things and we, we, put up a lot of um, verses and um, encouraging words and poems and just about every saying and cliche that operates in the earth is biblical. Um, But you don't hear people talk about the recompense for dishonorable behavior, but it's real. And um, the Lord is upon moving upon the earth and he's sending an answer um, to the spirit of perversion that has been operating in the earth. And it, it, and it has been so targeted towards the children, particularly the children of the people of God and those who represent holiness in the earth. Can you imagine being a virgin, right? And somebody calling you a hoe? Not that it's offensive, but it's like, huh? Like that's so contrary, right? And that's the thing is is that the 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 world there's such a spirit of perversion operating in the earth that the world can't even see, like like people um, who are void of faith and operating outside of the will of God that they can't even see right they they have no ability to see and to discern right um the and it's um really is it's what happens when people's consciousness is seared um but the answer is the spirit of the lord and so you pray without ceasing and um this is your deliverance and uh, I'll stop there. And I hope this has been encouraging to you. And like I said, I know that sometimes it can be heavy, but I just felt an unction and a wooing and a poking and a prodding to um, 
to talk about it because it's 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 one of those things that I don't talk about, but I I felt like somebody needed to hear it today because they're going through um, a season that I've already been through, and that's that season of um, not really understanding like the the dishonorableness, right? Because it, it comes in some of the strangest ways, right? Um, but I want you to know what you can't see is the death and the destruction. And and the Lord doesn't want you to see it, right? Um, the Lord intentionally doesn't want you to see it. And that's why when people are dishonorable to you, you're not supposed to look back. Right. Um, and, and looking back is metaphorically representative of um, trying to uh, match their dishonor. Right. Because like I said, I'm from a place when people be ignorant, you're supposed to match that level of ignorance. Right. Um, but uh, the Lord is moving upon the earth. And. Um, the Lord doesn't expect perfection from you, right? You're human. Um, you have a right to respond to dishonorable behavior. But don't let it taint your heart, right? And don't become consumed with it or, or consumed with the person, right? You deal with it and you move on because what you can't see is the death and the destruction that follows the dishonorable behavior and the dis the pe the the people who operate in the spirit of dishonor. That's what you can't see, and and the Lord told me it was so intentional that I not be able to see that for years, right? Um, it it was important not for for me not to look back and look back and 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 become bitter. Um, because of how dishonorable um, they were, particularly when when you are a person that operates in honor, right? It can it, it can leave you feeling some type of way, um, but there's a reason why the Lord didn't allow you to see the death and destruction, particularly me, right? For for some for people like me that have such a reverence and a fear of God that I don't even pursue my enemies unless the Lord tells me to pursue, right? Um, it, it can be heavy um, because when the Lord is willing to respond like that on your behalf, it makes you handle people differently, right? It makes you handle people differently. It makes you handle people differently. That's that's all I can say. And um, there's that. And can we just, can we start preaching Texan in entirety? Right? Like you can't, well, anyway, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, and so anyhow, that's that. And um, I hope you all have a good weekend. And um, this is uh, Tanola Oliver. This is the Making of the Mogul radio show. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, 
the next couple episodes, I'm going to be bringing some concepts and models. Um, and we're going to talk about building um, brands and what that looks like. I've just created some new um, modules for the executive leadership class um, that I teach and with uh, Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and his professional journey being the blueprint of that model. And so I've uh, created some, some new content for that. And um, I just want to offer you all some tidbits. Um, may the grace of the Lord be upon you. And um, may you live in the overflow. And um, do good business. Do good business. Do good business and prosper. All right. Peace.